It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six oh six the time. It is a Friday, and I'm glad that you made it. Another busy morning today, not like yesterday. I do have one interview coming in. Yesterday, I had quite a few. By the way, if you missed yesterday, let's see, I had uh, Dr. Mansell come on. I will repeat his interview this morning for those who missed it. He's opposed to Medicaid expansion. He's a doctor in Wyoming, and he's not the only one. State Senator Ogden Driscoll has a problem with it. It's advancing to the floor of the House and Senate yet again. It always seems to get killed, and my hope is it gets killed once again. So I'll replay that one for you. Then I had the governor on yesterday. Oh, and also a state senator who is trying to pass a bill that would just uh, repeal all gun-free zones except on private property in the state of Wyoming. So that was yesterday. You did not miss that show. You can always go back and listen to it by using the Wake Up Wyoming app on demand feature. Okay, today I have a a lot of short little topics, but I've been wanting to get to this stuff all week long because you got to hear this. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, so this first one, I don't know where to start sometimes when I've got so many juicy little topics here. But these, again, I've been trying to get to them all week long. So first one, a British parking association. Yes, there is such a thing. I'm a member of the Parking Association. I guess that's a big deal over there. But these are they, they take care of parking garages around the UK. The weight of electric cars is causing the collapse of parking garages. <clears throat> Just letting that sink in. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that good? You can take that. To, if you go out this weekend and go talk to people, friends, you go out and have a beer or whatever you're doing... And you're looking for something to start a conversation with. Did you know that the weight of electric cars is causing the collapse of parking garages? Story says an electric car sometimes weighs as much as 500 pounds more than a similar model. Just internal combustion engine. This can create dangerous situations, according to the British Parking Association. You'll love this guy's name. Chris Wapples. Yeah. W-H-A-P-P-L-E-S. Structural engineer. Uh, When you see the weight of electric vehicles coming out of the factory, you begin to wonder if the existing standards are adequate. We haven't had an incident yet, he said, but I suspect it's only a matter of time. We encourage owners to, well, not use parking garages or park, or check out parking garages. Think about it. Each vehicle is on average about on average about 500 pounds heavier 
You get enough of them in a parking garage. The garage was not designed for that. Chris Homer here on Twitter. I've missed the old ritual of headlines reporting SUVs doing so many awful things. Will we get headlines about electric vehicles destroying parking garages? Well, and I remember because Rush Limbaugh used to always read these articles that were written as if the SUV was an evil entity with a mind of its own. So there was a woman, one story comes to mind, a woman in Florida. She was at the top of a parking garage in an SUV. She accidentally stepped on the gas pedal instead of the brake and sent the SUV right through the wall and her she was inside the vehicle as it fell several stories way down below. I don't remember if she died or not. I, I know she would have been at least injured. I don't remember if she died or not. Probably did. But the story was reported as if the SUV drove off. That was the headline and the way the story was reported. That Not that she made a mistake and hit the wrong pedal, but the SUV took off and went through the wall Every time something happened with an SUV, then an SUV, an SUV plows into a crowd of people. Not that the driver drives into the crowd of people and kills somebody, but the SUV did it, as if the SUV is an evil entity that's trying to kill people, right? That's the way they reported SUVs for many, many years. So the question here from this guy is, is this is what they're going to do then with... Electric vehicles. Electric vehicle destroys parking garage as if electric vehicles are evil. So here's a story for you. All electricity by 2030 isn't a lot of time to replace every parking garage. <laughs> story says electric cars do not have a heavy gasoline or diesel engine under the hood, but compact, lightweight electric motors, but because of the heavy battery pack, EVs are bulky, heavy. An electric car sometimes weighs 500 pounds or more than a similar model with an internal combustion engine. This can create a dangerous situation, according to the British Parking Association. Indeed, according to the Parking Association, there are some 6,000 multi-story parking garages in the United Kingdom, most of which were built to guidelines for the weight of the average automobile. What well, was the most popular model in the United Kingdom at the time? The difference between modern cars and those older ones, again, you know, the, the modern ones, just uh, the electric ones, much more heavy. The average EV, such as a Tesla, and it goes into how much these things weigh. But when you see the weight of electric cars coming out of the factory, you begin to wonder if existing standards were adequate. Okay, so they're asking EV owners, just don't park in a garage. Check first. Don't just go parking in a garage America somewhere. America knows that a okay. sustainable future... Um, Oh. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Uh, Arnie is in Casper. Morning, Arnie. Arnie, uh, using the Wake Up Wyoming app, you can send me not just text messages, but pictures and links. He just sent me a meme. The Amish Powerball is up to four dozen eggs, <laughs> considering the price of eggs. But okay. I wonder also if they're talking about this, then what does that do to our roads? 
Well, think about this. Every so often, some meme pops up on the internet, which I like to offer a correction to whenever I see it. And the meme is this. They show a Roman road being built by Romans at the time. And they say, well, this road lasted for thousands of years. Then it shows a modern road filled with potholes. Okay, the difference is the Romans did not have big trucks weighing many, many tons heading down those roads at like 80, well, in that way, they're not doing 80 miles an hour. Let's say 70 miles an hour. And they weigh many, many, many tons. Lots of tires going. That's a lot of weight and a lot of speed. And they're doing that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then all of the automobiles and SUVs and so on and so on, with all of that constant beating on the roads, no wonder modern-day roads have to constantly be repaired. Roman roads, however, had mostly people walking. They did have the occasional cart going up and down the road, and the the cart would have had some weight to it, but nowhere near the weight of an automobile. That's why Roman roads could last a lot longer. They didn't take the punishment that we put them through today. So think about it. If electric vehicles weigh so much more, that means we're putting a lot more weight at high speeds on our roads, which means more road repair. All right, just... Add that to the list of unintended consequences when you think about this. And I still like the question. So are they going to start, is the news media going to start reporting on evil SUVs in the same way that they reported, I'm sorry, evil electric vehicles, in the same way that they reported on evil SUVs? Is that what we're going to see? Or are they going to give the electric vehicles a break because they don't want to sound like they're against them. 616 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Sometimes the best way to say... Wake up, Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six nineteen's the time to wake up, Wyoming. Morning, Rianne. Morning, Jim. Rianne and Fort Danger. Electric vehicles are continuing to improve. They are the are only one of the biggest scams of the decade. Also, good morning, Glenn. So, yeah, they are. And it's one of the reasons they're being pushed on us. It really gets me because, okay, I am very suspicious when people who push something talk about how it's nothing but good and don't want to stop and take a look at well, what might be wrong about them. For those just joining me, I was talking about uh, electric vehicles in the U.K. Engineers are worried that parking garages cannot handle a parking garage full of electric vehicles. They are much heavier than a standard automobile, and parking garages were not designed for that much weight. Also, you got to figure out how much weight that puts on highways. The extra weight is going to break down the highways more. So the, the problem with these things. Now, they are also, I think, a scam in the sense that they were heavily subsidized to create and then subsidized to sell, plus the tax breaks on top of that. Then you're told that there's zero emissions, which they're not. I know there's no tailpipe in the electric vehicle, but the emissions have to come from somewhere. And talk about raping the environment 
heavily toxic to create, heavily toxic to dispose of. These things are not good for the environment at all. Everything you've been told about them has just been a load of just crap. Sorry, just a load of crap, really. And and yet they're being pushed on us as these rainbow kumbaya things that are going to save the planet. And it just simply isn't true. And it, it really does not surprise me, though, the number of people who've only heard one thing about electric vehicles all the time. Every, every time they read an article or hear something on the news or a television commercial, they always show how wonderful these vehicles are, and they never get to hear the other side of the story. If you want to hear the other side of the story, you either have to listen to a program like this or go searching for the information, and you have to know to search for it, which is why most people don't. Jim and Casper, hybrid cars are about 3,000 pounds heavier. Yeah, well, electric vehicle, in, in this case... Jim, when they said electric vehicles are about, um, <clears throat> yeah, well, they were. I wonder if the hybrid car, Jim, is because of the engine itself is heavier, not just the batteries. With the electric vehicle, the electric engine is lighter than an internal combustion engine, but the battery packs are much heavier. That's why they were saying the average electric vehicle, and we're talking average here, is about 500 pounds heavier than an inter- average internal combustion engine car. So again, the engine is lighter, but the battery packs are a lot heavier. For that matter, Jim, since you and I like talking aviation, one of the biggest problems, they keep they keep experimenting with electric airplanes for general aviation. Now, range has been a big problem. Okay, Electric uh, airplanes are getting longer in range, but that's still a huge problem is the range. But you've got to think about, Jim, what is your useful load in an airplane? So you tend to think of it, you put people in, did you have bags? How much fuel can you put in so you are not too heavy to take off, right? Well, with the electric airplanes, instead of fuel being in the wings, that's where they put the batteries. Part of the problem has been the current batteries that we've been using are so heavy that it really hurts the useful load. And so up until now, electric airplanes fly just fine, no problem at all. The problem is that they really can't carry a whole lot. Those planes tend to be built very light. You can put two people in it, and that's it. They can't carry much because of the weight of the battery packs. Now, those people who are working on electric engines keep working on better battery packs. Here's what they have to overcome. First off, there's a problem with the whole rare earth mineral thing. And then, again, you want to talk raping the environment, rare earth mineral mining, toxic to create, toxic to dispose of. So they're trying to find a way to make batteries that don't necessarily have to use all those rare earth minerals. Batteries that are lighter and batteries that can carry a charge for a longer period of time. Now, that's not to say it's impossible but those people who are in favor of electric vehicles are working on that kind of modern battery battery technology that will replace the current batteries that we're using. Because the lithium-ion battery, while it has been a great breakthrough, that's why you have things like your cell phone, for example. So much of what we can do with electronics today is because you have this lithium-ion battery. But you know a lot of problems come with this as well. 
So the push has been to find a better battery than that that is not as harmful to the environment. Because one thing the green movement doesn't want to talk about is how harmful battery power is to the environment. Again, to create, to dispose of. And they certainly hate getting into a conversation about the slave labor and in some countries child slave labor when we go after the lithium and other rare earth minerals to go get what we need to make modern batteries. It is a horrible process every step of the way. And again, those people who really love what they consider to be green, sustainable, we've got to get away from using gasoline. Really? So you want to go to this current battery technology? It's worse. I'm not going to buy into the idea CO2 is a pollutant and we have to stop. That's garbage. That's nonsense. That's junk science. Your carbon footprint is not important. That's just junk science to say it is. But still, though, if you want to go to something that is more reliable and cleaner, one that I hope they have a breakthrough. They're making headway, but it's been very slow. Hydrogen. First off, you imagine having an electric vehicle that runs on hydrogen fuel, okay? Hydrogen is a lot lighter, obviously. You can't run out of it. The universe is made of it. You can use hydrogen, recycle it, and use it again in an ever, never-ending loop. And the only real byproduct that would be coming out of your tailpipe is dripping water. That's it. Use hydrogen as a fuel, the byproduct is water. The problem is using hydrogen as a fuel is extremely complex and expensive currently. And I keep hoping that they'll crack that one because if they do that, then we have an unlimited supply of fuel for everything. We can use it to make electricity, to power anything that we have, really. Almost all power systems could be hydrogen-based. It would be great, but it's so expensive and so hard to extract the energy and use it. That's a shame. I hope they crack that someday. The current technology that's being forced on us, pushed on us, this uh, battery-operated, the wind, the solar, the cars, that's, it, it, none of it is as advertised, not cre- not clean, not green, not affordable, not sustainable, horrible for the environment, and yet they just keep pushing this on us. Um, oh, the Hindenburg, just saying. Yeah. No, I... But then again, Jim, you know, hydrogen, the Hindenburg. The Hindenburg didn't completely blow up because of hydrogen. What was the outside... Of the, you know what they painted? Take a look, Jim, someday at what they painted the outside of the Hindenburg with. Yeah, that, that's what really blew up before the hydrogen did. They shouldn't have painted it with that paint. But however, don't forget your gasoline engine will blow up too. Okay, so for those people who look at hydrogen go, well, that, that'll blow up. So do gasoline engines. So do electric vehicles. Okay, so we're, all gonna, we're always going to have something that's, you know, could potentially blow up under us. Hey, automobiles blow up too. Yeah, I mean, internal combustion engines is what I'm saying. All right. All right, coming up on some local news right after the local news update on your weather forecast. 
after the weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. You're going to love this farmer who wants to speak out against her cows wearing diapers and masks. But I know I, I'm not kidding. I've got great stories for you today. That's coming up in a few minutes from now. All right, so Jim from Casper is up. I am right in Evansville. Jude is in Casper. Rianne's for danger. Arnie. Morning, Arnie. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six the time to wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I have my energy back today. Just to let you know, few people did, but I haven't really said anything about it. Last weekend, I just started feeling like, bleh. not really sick, just a oh, little achy, mild, mild fever, blowing my nose, no energy. And it was just subtle enough to just drain my energy all week, although I was still absolutely functional, which is why I showed up for work and did everything I normally do during the course of a day, just with whatever that was dragging me down. So I get up this morning, and I'm one of those annoying people where I kind of wake up feeling hyperactive. As the day goes on, I start losing more and more energy, but I wake up just a bundle of energy which is why it's a good thing you're listening to me and not around me. So, uh, yeah, this morning I get up and go, oh, I think I'm back here. All right, now, I this is I thought about this, but it's worth bringing this up. So, Jude is in Casper. I was talking earlier this morning or, or this hour about uh, how Rush Limbaugh used to talk about SUVs as he pointed out articles that acted as if SUVs were evil. Like the one I mentioned earlier, the woman who accidentally put her foot on the gas pedal in Florida and drove right through the wall of, of the upper level of a parking garage, and her SUV and her fall all the way down to the street below, and I believe she died there. And the headline said that the SUV drove off the building, as if she was just a victim inside the vehicle. It was the SUV that did. Another story was a crowd of people get plowed over. Don't blame the driver. No, an SUV drove through a crowd of people. See, SUVs are evil. So, so what about electric cars? And when electric cars do something like this, are they evil? And I kept thinking in the back of my mind, it's like blaming the gun for murders. I am right as in Evansville. Imagine the cost increase for... No, wrong one. Sorry, Jude and Casper. Hey, are uh, there evil vehicles like guns? I mean, Alec Baldwin says the gun killed the gal. See, Alec Baldwin still maintains that he didn't pull the trigger. Now, I have fired a gun that the trigger was so sensitive, I'm pointing toward the target, I'm bringing my finger toward the trigger, and bang. And I looked at the person standing next to me and I said, 
I'm sorry. I I don't even think I pulled. I it, I didn't even feel like I touched it. Well, the trigger, you know, the hammer was back and so on. It was such a hair trigger. I barely have to touch it and bang, which is one of the reasons you're taught with guns. Never put your finger on the trigger unless you're ready to destroy something. So that's why I didn't bring my finger anywhere near the trigger until I was pointed at the target. But even then, I touched it with such a small amount of force, I don't even remember touching the trigger. But I would never make the excuse, I didn't touch the trigger. Because I know I had to have in order for it to go off. They don't just go off on their own. But you often read headlines where it's the gun that killed the person. It's not the person. And I've actually discussed with people, I've had this conversation before, where people seem to think that if there's a gun in the room, that it causes that person to want to use it. It's just so tempting. If somebody has a gun on them, it's so tempting. Suddenly they want to use it and they have the the inclination to kill somebody. And they wouldn't have had that inclination if the gun hadn't been in the room. Someone who commits suicide using a gun, well, they wouldn't have done that if the gun hadn't been in the room. Really? I don't think so. I think someone who goes to commit suicide is going to do it whether there's a gun in the room or not. They'll find something to try to, k- to kill themselves with. Doesn't matter. A murderer will murder even if they can't find a gun. And yet they continue to blame the gun. Alec Baldwin wants to blame the gun. It's not the gun's fault. We can go through the whole Baldwin story, what happened, but it's not the gun's fault. The gun is an inanimate object. It can't do anything. It takes a person to manipulate it. And that's who you have to look at, the person manipulating whatever it is. So the headline, going back to the SUV, the headline was that an SUV drove through a crowd of people and killed two. Did the SUV do that? No, an SUV is not capable of doing that on its own. An SUV has to be driven by somebody. So why not look to the person who's actually driving the vehicle? All right. Heavy snow has moved out, but some winds, depending on where you're at, and some just cold temperatures that are here to stay. Here's Don Day to wake up Wyoming. This weather up. Something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Six forty-eight's the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Uh, so, Frank, I just told the story to Miss Mary this morning that completely freaked her out, which pleases me. Well, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> now you probably have heard about this, but she's never heard about this. On the Wake Up Wyoming website this morning, I have an amazing video. It's a drone video. Some guy was just flying a drone over a wooded area just to get the winter look of a place. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's high up above the trees, mm-hmm. and below him is a moose. Okay. And the moose stops, shakes its head in one move, and the antlers fall off. Really? And they caught that with the drone? Yes. And so as soon as the moose left the area, he walks into the area and just picks up the moose and holds him up to the camera he had with him. 
You know, what did I just? I, that sentence didn't make sense. The, the, the antlers. The antlers. Yeah. yeah, he didn't pick up the moose. Uh, and so he, he holds up the antlers to the camera and shows it, which is pretty sizable there. What freaked Miss Mary out was, so a moose just shakes its head and its antlers fall off? Well, that would freak me out, too. Yes, I, did, it I, didn't would, know, yeah. I didn't know that. that, that, that was, the way it works? That's the way it works. So uh, the plural, I always thought the plural of moose should be Mises. But it's just mooses. Yeah, it's mooses. Okay. Uh, anyway, I like mooses. It sounds, two, it sounds two, funnier. Two mooses. But, so they grow their antlers every year. Oh, okay. Now, the older they get, the bigger they get, the more complicated they are. Well, they're pretty sizable, yeah. Oh, yes. And they are used for two things. Well, yes, you can go ahead and fight off predators with those things. But mostly, it's there to scare off the competition and to impress the ladies. Ew. Yes. But at the end of the rutting season, the antlers just fall off, and then they start immediately growing new ones. Well, you know, it's like most guys, they'll change socks every month, uh, too, you know? Every month? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, You know, for, I mean, for me, it's when I start getting holes to the point that I can feel the <laughs> tile floor when I'm in the bathroom. I know. That's about time to get some new socks is when I do that, you know. But uh, <laughs> No, I would say that that's something that I, I didn't know. She didn't know that. Did you know they grew? I, did, I, I didn't I didn't know. I thought okay. it was just, a, you know, they had them. They just, know? it was a permanent thing? Yeah. Oh, Okay. I, okay, I thought that was more common knowledge. I'm surprised that people are surprised. I'm surprised, too. Boys high school basketball from last night. The top-rated team in 4A, Cheyenne East beat Laramie 77-56. Cheyenne Central over Cheyenne South 75-46. And KC Wallop Midwest 84-39. In girls high school basketball from yesterday, Cheyenne East rated second in 4A, down number three, Laramie 59-47. And Central beat South 76-43. Today in boys and girls high school basketball, Central will be at Laramie East. East at South. Natrona will be at home to meet Thunder Basin from Gillette. Kelly Walsh will be on the road in Cody. Glenrock will host Buffalo and Burns will be at Lusk. In women's college basketball from last night, the Wyoming Cowgirls lost to Mountain West Conference leader UNLV 71-57 in Laramie to drop the 12-6 overall, 5-2 in league play. UNLV put the game away with a 15-0 run in the third quarter and the Cowgirls shot just 15% from the field in the second quarter and 25% in the third quarter. They were led by Grace Ellis with 15. UNLV is 8 18 and 2 overall. The Cowgirls will host San Diego State tomorrow night. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be at home tomorrow afternoon to take on Colorado State. Polk's season has been slipping away with eight straight losses, so they're 5 and 13 overall. CSU comes in at 10 and 10 overall, 2 and 5 in Mountain West Conference play. That's a 2 p.m. start from Laramie tomorrow. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Junior college basketball. The Casper College men and women, they'll be at Northwest of Powell tomorrow. Tiber women are 17 and 3, ranked 23rd in the country. The men are 15 and 4. The LCCC teams out of Cheyenne will be in Riverton tomorrow to meet Central Wyoming. The LCCC women are 14-4 and four and the men are 9-7. and seven. High school wrestling, there are two big tournaments today and tomorrow. Laramie and Cheyenne South will be in the Lander Tournament. Kelly Walsh, Natrona, and Glen Rock will be in the Moorcroft Tournament. And tomorrow in the NFL playoffs, it moves right along in the AFC on Saturday. Kansas City will host Jacksonville. Former Wyoming Cowboy Chad Muma playing a big role on defense for the Jags on Sunday. It's Cincinnati at Buffalo. Former Wyoming Cowboys Logan Wilson and Josh Allen squaring off in the NFC on Saturday. Philadelphia will host the New York Giants. The Eagles have gotten great play from former UW guy Marcus Epson, their secondary. Then on Sunday, it's Dallas uh, at San Francisco. The 49ers have gotten solid play from another former Cowboy in the secondary to Sean Gibson, who had an interception and last week's win over Seattle. That's sports. The rivalry of the two Wyoming players, I've noticed, is starting to make national news. I've seen, as I was just kind of looking at regular news, that popped up several places. Yeah, you know, it's not like the, the University of Wyoming, believe it or not, 
for a school that's not not big, 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 they right. have a lot of guys in the NFL. I mean, they, mm. they do. They're, they're all over the place. It's crazy. Among the leaders in the Mountain West Conference. So, you know, Josh Allen was at Laramie for the first two years when Logan Wilson was there. Okay. So, you know, you have a great, great player against a great, great player. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. It's nice. And then to for, pe- for people see- like us, like yeah. we're just going to just sit there and watch the game. Well, just Yeah. Well, you watch the game. I, I rely on you to watch it for me and report back. I can never sit through a whole game. I'm sorry. I just can't. Are you I, flying the lander for, for breakfast uh, again? The only time I ever watched an entire football game was when I was living in Tampa, and they were 0 for two decades. And the stadium was right up the road from where I lived. And then they made it into the Super Bowl. Really? And I watched it, and they won. See? Other than that, I've never... I, <laughs> I just can't sit through I'm sorry, but I'll wait for you to tell me what happened afterwards. Okay? I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Open phones. Wake up, Wyoming. The sun. Seven oh six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. A couple of quick things before I get into topics and all that. One, I'm noticing on the ridiculously large television they put in the studio next to me over here. There's this uh, crawler underneath the interview they're doing. Treasury Department taking extraordinary measures to divert default. So we've hit our debt limit in this country, and so. We got to raise the debt limit, they say. All right, and so the Treasury Department, so we don't default on our debt. They're taking extraordinary measures. Here's a thought: make major cuts. Done. <laughs> make make major cuts. Okay, we're done. But they won't. Let, you want to talk extraordinary measures? That would be extraordinary if government actually made major cuts. Now, the other thing that I just thought was amusing. So. The president goes to California because California has had some extreme weather. At first, they had extreme drought conditions, but as is always the cycle in that part of the country, this has been the cycle for a very long time. That region will go through long periods of drought, and then the drought ends suddenly with rain and snow, and it all piles up on them. If you go back and look at the trends as far as we can tell through recorded history anyway, and even what nature tells us when you know geologists go out and look at the area. It's been that way in California for a very long time. So, of course, the president has to go out there and blame human-caused climate change, even though it's been that way for eons, but okay. What gets me is they're standing in front of the microphones. By them, I mean the president and the governor of California. They're standing there making their statements to the press about what help is on the way for people who have been hit by all of this bad weather. And as is always the case, because it's a weather-related or natural disaster of some kind, these politicians have to stand in front of the camera in those little blue zip-up windbreaker kind of coats, and they have to have baseball caps on. I noticed the same thing when Hurricane Ian hit Florida. 
And right away, here's the governor of Florida, the president of the United States, other such officials. They're all out in front of the camera. And, of course, they always have to put those jackets on. Little outdoor zip-up, light, you know, weather, windbreaker kind of jackets. They're always blue, right? And then they always have to have the baseball cap. That Well, in order to appear in front of the camera, that's what signals, I guess, it's a signal to us that we're, in, we're, we're now in rescue mode. So that's what we have to wear. Well, again, it's it's optics, but that's I just always kind of smirk whenever I see those kind of optics. And thinking, I guess that does something. I guess whenever they have focus groups, you know, that sends the right message or something. I don't know. All right, let's get into a really weird topic that you're just going to love. But first, it is Friday, so. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. So farmers, here's the headline. You're going to love this headline. Farmers speak out against forcing cows to wear diapers to contain methane emissions. Oh, and masks over their face. A Tennessee farmer condemned the idea of forcing cows to wear masks and diapers to contain methane emissions, saying the people who came up with the idea have gone to Looney Town. That's really being nice. Another way to put it, bat guano crazy, we could say that, plus a lot of other terms that I can't. I, this is honestly the most delusional of thinking and behavior. It used to be I would talk about stuff like this on air, and I was talking about the occasional deluded, delusional person. But it seems now that a lot of this delusional behavior may have taken over. I, that, now, that's the appearance of it. I wonder. I know news media is always looking for the most outrageous story because that's what gets your attention, right? How many people out there are this delusional or deluded? Now, I do think there is an uptick in delusional thinking and behavior. I do think there's more of it, but I still don't buy into the idea that the majority of the people are this bat guano crazy in the head. Story says, French dairy giant announced mid-January it's considering putting masks on cows to trap their burps in an effort to reduce methane emissions. How are they supposed to eat? Well, what do cows do? You people in this business, you tell me, what do cows do all day? All I ever see them do is eat and fart and burp. Oh, and sleep. Yeah, that's about what they're normally. I see them eating. They're just constantly munching on grass. Well, okay, not to see what that looks like. But anyway, uh, they want to trap methane emissions by thirty percent come twenty thirty in the future. So cows will be forced to wear diapers to trap their flatulence. Stephanie Nash called the whole thing madness Wednesday on Tucker Carlson Tonight. She said, "Will Tucker, you know." 
I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to allow my cows to wear a mask, she said. Nash put a mask on one of her cows during the interview to test the theory. Now, what she has here, I wondered if it was actually a mask that they, they would use because you're talking belching. This is just a mask that went over the nose, not the mouth. So the thing could still eat. I don't think that works. But anyway, even that, the cow was struggling to breathe. Livestock, especially cows and cattle, produce methane, a dangerous greenhouse gas, they say. But now, let's go back again. So they keep blaming cows for this. You and I have had this discussion before. Before human beings started to domesticate animals like cows and so on, yeah, they, you know, cattle ran around out there. There were all sorts of other animals, too. Massive herds that do the same thing when it comes to belching and flatulence and so on. So they didn't contribute in some way? New data from United Nations Environmental Program and Climate Clean Air Coalition found livestock emissions, uh, gestation and so on, is about 30% of methane emissions. Pardon me if I don't believe their research and data. Because during the course of my adult life, as I've taken a look at the research that comes out of groups like this, it turns out to be really bad research and constantly wrong in their conclusions. So when they say, we did a study, I'm sorry, but I, you've done so many studies that were just poorly done and came to conclusions and made predictions that never came true. You have no credibility here. So this lady tells Tucker Carlson her farm is doing big things to cut emissions. She says we have, um, see, Romanets? I, I don't know how to pronounce that in our farm. It's a digest byproduct. So in other words, there are things you can go ahead and put into the cow's food. It's kind of like for those people who know the product Beano. If you're someone who has a problem, you're sort of a gas emitter, and you want to fart and burp less, there are things that you can take that will help that. And so... The idea of, well, let's go ahead and put something into their food so they don't outgas as much. She said, you have to ask yourself, millions of tons per year, if we don't have cows to digest that byproduct, it's going to go somewhere. It's going to go into a landfill so they feed it to their cow, and that's going to be um, very harmful. That's going to leave an imprint, you know. For our country, uh, gases, okay, she talks about the gases into the environment. So I think people have gone to Looney Town, she says. There's no possible way that I'm going to put a diaper on my cow. The Chapel Hill farmer says her cows have been able to walk around, lay down, eat, and drink water, and lead a generally comfortable life. Doing what cows do. Quote, our animals are under the best stewardship. And we want them to be as comfortable as possible. You know, free-range cows, like here in Wyoming. And tell me how to, and telling me how to do my job is not the way to eliminate emissions, she says. We have to be smart about this. We have to listen to farmers and ranchers, what's best for the animals. Okay, I will say this. Do not tell a farmer, these are non-farmers, tell a farmer how to fix a problem. I don't personally believe that these emissions are a problem. But let's pretend for sake of argument, okay, they are. Okay, we'll just say for sake of argument, they are. Who 
would be best to solve that problem? Well, the people who deal with the animals every single day. But again, first off, I, I still have a problem saying that this is a problem because the people who do the research, you hear me do it all the time on the air here. I read their research and it's garbage. It's laughable. And then they draw conclusions that are insanely stupid. And then from that, they make predictions that never come true. And yet somehow they're supposed to have credibility. 717, wake up, Wyoming. Do you want to change a cow's diaper every day anyway? 717, wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Seven thirty two is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Okay, I was gonna go on another one, but I'm getting comments on this. Figured you guys would love the story. So yeah, in France, people are suggesting well to contain methane. We're going to put diapers on cows and something to contain their belches. <laughs> okay. Well, first let's go to Todd in Torrington. Morning, Todd. Good morning. <clears throat> yes, sir. Hey, I was uh, calling in, listening about all these awful emissions that are being given off. We better not forget about CO two, carbon dioxide. Uh huh. And so, like, uh, when when they have these, uh, when they're shipping the fish and all the and and all those things from Alaska and Canada down through, and and packing them in carbon dioxide, dry ice. Oh yeah. Oh, it's just awful, just oh, yeah. awful. And and the other thing, oh my gosh, think about this, pop. And beer yes. cans being opened. Oh, my and Lord. all the carbon dioxide emissions being given off. You know what? They just got to stop selling in, beer at In fact, and I have covered it. I have covered stories like that because soda and beer, those companies, to get extra CO2, they buy that CO2 from power plants and pump it into the can or bottle. So when you open it, that's CO2 that came from a coal fire power plant. My word. Ah, where, see? Where, where are we going to go? Life's I, I've over. No we idea. Might, we might as well just, you know, you know. Yeah. It's, it's the way it is. Well, you calling this program and talking has uh, offered up a lot of CO2 coming out of your mouth. So hold your breath <laughs> the rest of the day, okay? Well, right. let's not worry about the methane out the other end. Either, no, okay. But. No, we won't. I don't want to know what you had for breakfast. Thank you, Todd. Todd calling in from Torrington. Okay, let's look at some of the other comments I'm getting over here on this one. Uh, Rianne in Fort Danger. Anyone who buys into that cows need to wear masks and diapers argument, there's no hope for them. I do notice that these are the people that uh, won't have kids. At least there's that. Yeah, I talked about that earlier this week. There's... Um, People out there that are hardcore, hardcore into this belief of the cult of climate change, and they just don't want to have kids. In fact, they're getting vasectomies, the guys are, and, and they just don't want to have kids because, you know, the end times are coming real soon. So we better just stop. That's great. We can breed these people out, and it's they're doing it by choice. So hopefully these people won't be here in a few generations. We breed them out. Mike from Leeds, South Dakota. How does a diaper contain a fart? I don't know about that. I guess if the diaper has some kind of a filter in it that catches the methane, 
I'm not sure. I still want to know how do you cover the cow's nose and mouth with a mask to prevent the belching, but they can still eat. How's that supposed to work? How are they supposed to breathe, for that matter? Dave is in Torrington as well. Oh, hey. Um, wonder if you guys know each other. Todd in Torrington and Dave is also in Torrington. Morning, Glenn. On the EV thing, giving the harm done by the batteries, perhaps the legislators should ban their disposal of in Wyoming landfills. Let old batteries be sent back to the manufacturer to a blue state landfill. And, of course, EV owners get to pay the tab. Oh, wait. Now, wait. Hang on a second, Dave. You're on to something here. So why is it that states like Wyoming always have to put up with the trash created by these other states? Okay. So the blue states want wind power. So we have to locate all the wind turbines in Wyoming. Yeah, every time batteries are going to be are they going to be buried here? For that matter, yes, I know we do have wind turbine blades buried here in Wyoming. We're always taking all of their trash, their nuclear waste, stuff like that. Why don't you guys go ahead and deal with the garbage? In fact, and this is something that's always annoyed me. We get accused of raping the environment out here. Really? Come on out of here. Take a look at it. We're actually really good with the environment out here. You want to see who's raping the environment? Go to the East Coast. Go to the left coast. Go to major cities. Go to your blue states. No wonder they think the end is nigh, that we're all doomed. When they look around their cities and what a mess their cities are, their impression, of course, is we're destroying the planet and raping the environment. My answer to that is no, you guys are. If you come out and live where we're living, you'll see it's not that way out here. We're not the people raping the environment. We're the ones taking care of it. Things are a lot nicer out here. Yes, we do extract coal, gas, and oil, and we do use it. We used to be irresponsible because we didn't know any better. But now, oh, dear Lord, we do a fantastic job at taking care of the environment. Go to a major city. Just walk around if you think you can do it without getting mugged. And just look at all the trash. And not just the physical trash and the dirty needles and the poop in the streets. But also the endless parade of human debris that goes walking down those streets. And then you, if you ever wondered why these people have this idea that, oh my God, we're so unjust and we're destroying the planet. No, that's where they live. They've destroyed where they live. And they think the rest of us are treating the planet the same way. Coming up on 7.30, local news coming away right after local news. Weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. Oh, legislative report from our man in Cheyenne next half hour. Don Day's on the line with me with your weekend weather forecast and beyond that. Let's wake up, Wyoming. than a new case of measles. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app.
36 the time it's wake up wyoming my name is glenn woods thanks for joining me yeah, apparently miss mary might have dave from san francisco on the phone here we'll see if he's has, was able to hang on through the entire commercial break if so we'll hear from him real quick here and since i was talking about uh, emissions you know a flatulence from cows and belches from cows and so on so this is freaking some people out. Uh, President Biden, oh, as he wants to talk about energy. Okay, I'll get to that other story in just a bit. Dave's on the line. Morning, Dave. Oh, morning, Glenn. Hey, uh, do you ever listen to the bumper music when you're on hold over there? Uh, I often cannot hear what you guys are hearing. I'm in a separate detached studio. Why? Well, I'm trying to remember if it's the band Journey. Uh, there's a song, Oh, the Lies, uh, Love Doesn't, uh, Love Isn't Always On Time. Oh, okay. So I heard, Oh, the Lies, Oh, mm-hmm. the Lies, Oh, yeah. the Lies for five minutes. Oh. Okay. Now, I don't know if you want that to be a part of your show. I, I don't think it is. I think the on hold thing is separate from the show, so. Well, it's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I talk about people who lie, so it probably fits. Well, there you go. So um, I I heard you talking about uh, solar, or excuse yeah. me, about wind power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, that uh, North Dakota uh, has so much wind that they could power the entire United States mm-hmm. uh, if there was some way to capture Well, there's a couple of problems with that. I have read many stories uh, from different magazines and newspapers and so on where people have run the numbers. And the first part of the problem is, in order to put up enough wind turbines to power the country, you would have to have wind turbines across most of the country. The next part is, when you go into areas, like come to Wyoming sometime and take a look at some of the wind farms that are out here. Wind farms take up a lot of space, a lot of space. And a new wind farm is is being built not too far from where I am here in Wyoming. And one of the first things they have to do is get a permit to allow them to do things like kill silver eagles and other birds that are up there, some of them that are endangered. I don't know if this is a good idea. Well, uh, I've been to enough uh, wind shows, uh, alternative energy shows, to know that you can have a three and a half mile an hour wind mm-hmm. that will actually power a, a, a windmill. Huh. There are such gear ratios that those blades go around quite slowly. And when you say there would have to be windmills all across the country, well, that's because of what they call line resistance. Mm-hmm. That if you push electricity 50 miles, you have to waste about half right. of that electricity. Right. So, you, of course, you have to have them blanketed all over. Sure. But if you did a combination of wind power plus tidal power plus solar, uh, you know, it, 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 there are enough survivalists right. in Wyoming that they know... Don't put all your eggs in one basket. I agree with the and don't to have put all, all the eggs. the oil and gas boys, the yeah. oil and gas boys want us to have all our eggs in one basket. No, I don't think that they do. But let's take a look for a minute, though. What about the bird kills? Does that bother you? Uh, like I say, the blades spin quite slow. Actually, they, they spin quite Texas. fast. You should go back and check that. They look like they're spinning slow, but they're not. But does the bird kills bother you? Well, of course. My mother's okay. a bird watcher from yeah. way back. What about all and, of the uh, uh, toxic material that has to be mined and disposed of afterwards and the child slave labor that goes into it in Africa? Uh, 
I don't know if I believe any of that. Okay, well, go look it up. I got to run. Wake up, Wyoming. This Wyoming. Morning Radio. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 746 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. So, okay, Don, just cold out there this morning. I mean, bleh. Yeah, get used to it. There's really no (laughs) thaw coming anytime soon. Just just get used to it. Just deal. But at least, though, I'll say this. It depends on where you are, as always in the case of Wyoming. But as I stepped outside of my door this morning, I'm thinking, yeah, but the air is so incredibly still, I can deal with it. Well, that's the double-edged sword in the winter. When we have these colder periods, it tends to be less windy, but it's colder. Yes, then we have the periods in the winter where it gets windy, but it gets warmer. No, there you go. Yeah. But in the winter, never t- of those two shall they meet to where yeah. it's warm and the wind isn't blowing. I mean, the spring, you know, we get days like that in the spring, but right. in January or February, we certainly don't. So it's, it's kind of pick your poison. We're sort of stuck in a pattern for a while, aren't we? We are. Uh, we're going to be under a northwest flow for the coming days and really probably the next week or two. And northwest flow means temperatures at or below average means about every two or three days some type of frontal system will come on through canada will be supplying the precipitation and and the colder air so you're not going to see big snow events but you get frequent chances of snow that are in that light to moderate range and that combined with the colder temperatures is going to keep it very wintry Okay. Across the state and region here, right on through the rest of this month. I'll be waiting because at some point you're going to tell me a nice, deep, cold Arctic blast will come. It's got to happen at some point. It is going to happen in February. We're very confident about that. If the question is, is it going to be early February, mid, late February? But uh, February, all indications suggest that uh, this cold is going to stick. All right. Thank you, Don. Have a great weekend. Don Day from Dayweather. Well, there you go. Sort of in that pattern for a while and switched over to Canada. Let's head on over to the icebox where Frank Gambino is waiting by. It's cold so, in here, too, you know. Yeah. It's cold everywhere. It is. It just, I like the way he just said, we'll just deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> well, you I moved mean, you to Wyoming. A, you don't have a choice, yeah, do you? Unless you want to hop on a plane <laughs> yeah. somewhere. So I, I wrote a story this morning that's one of my favorites that I've written in quite a while just because there's a guy up in Gillette, Wyoming who apparently had decided to go to a local watering hole, and he was having sort of a bad night, and he ends up getting into a fight with someone, and the cops show up, and at some point, he's just trying to sneak off, right? They are able to track him down and get him. When they ask him, well, why did you just leave? That gets you in more trouble. Answer, I just wanted to go home. (laughs) Well, okay. Okay. Uh, He'll he'll get home eventually. (laughs) Now, my thought is, I think we have the... It it depends where the police officer is, how you handle this. This If I was an officer, this is what I would have said to him. Don't worry. We have a safe space for you. Yes. It is a nice uh, sealed room where nobody can get to you, a big heavy door that locks. There's going to be people out there making sure no one can get to you. And you'll be able to just lay around and do nothing and relax, perfectly safe. We'll even provide meals and television for you. Why go home? Is it better there? Well, no. yeah. I mean, at that point, you'd have to write him a check uh, sure. to go home. Yeah. Well, I'm, we kind of are writing. We're just paying for everything. Yeah. But at least, though, he's not going to get into a fight at a bar. 
No, not well. He's yeah, no. Going to yeah. be laying around all day long anyway. So just let's put a television in front of him and give him a bed and just let him stay there for a while. That way he's not a problem. But that was the best excuse I ever heard. You just ever wanted had, to go home. Yeah. Yes. You ever have just such a bad day that you just want to go home? Yes. There are some days I wake up on Monday and would yeah. like to just. Yes. Wake up the next time on Friday. I have actually, now that I'm not able to do this during a work day, but there have been times on a weekend, let's say, where I get up and I start trying to get things done and nothing's working out mm-hmm. and it's just becoming a really lousy day and I have gone back to bed. Yes. I've just literally said, you know, I'll try again maybe in a few hours because right now this is See, life, not working yeah, out. Yeah, life, you win. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I just, you know, I'm tapping out of this day. I'm just yeah. going to crawl under the covers. Wake me up when the universe and the planets are aligned differently. Yeah, you and a lot of people. Boys High School basketball from last night. The top-rated team in 4A, Cheyenne East beat Laramie 77-56. Cheyenne Central over Cheyenne South 75-46. And KC Wallop Midwest 84-39. In girls play from yesterday, Cheyenne East rated second in 4A, down number three, Laramie 59-47. And Central beat South 76-43. Today in girls and boys basketball play, Central will be at Laramie. East will be at South. The Trona will be at home to meet Thunder Basin. Kelly Walsh will be on the road in Cody. Glenrock will host Buffalo and Burns will be at Lusk. In women's college basketball from last night, the Wyoming Cowgirls lost to Mountain West Conference leader UNLV 71-57 to drop to 12-6 overall, 5-2 in league play. UNLV put the game away with a 15-0 run in the third quarter. The Cowgirls shot just 15% from the field in the second quarter and 25% in the third quarter. They were led by Grace Ellis with 15. UNLV is 18-2 overall, and the Cowgirls will host San Diego State on Saturday night in Larrabee. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team with a home game on Saturday Saturday afternoon, hosting Colorado State in round one of the Border War. Folks, uh, season's been slipping away with eight straight losses. They're five and thirteen overall. CSU comes in at ten and ten overall, two and five in Mountain West play. Two p.m. start from Laramie tomorrow. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. In junior college basketball, the Casper College men and women will be at Northwest of Paul tomorrow. Tiber women are seventeen and three and ranked twenty third in the country. The men are fifteen and four. The L Triple C teams out of Cheyenne will be in Riverton tomorrow to meet Central Wyoming. The All-Triple-C women are 15-4, and four, and the men are 9-7. and seven. High school wrestling, two big tournaments today and tomorrow. Laramie and Cheyenne South will be in the Lander Tournament. Kelly Walsh, Natrona, and Glenrock will be in the Moorcroft Tournament. And tomorrow in the NFL playoffs in the AFC, well, Kansas City will host Jacksonville and former Wyoming Cowboy Chad Booma playing a big role on defense for the Jaguars. On Sunday in the AFC, it's Cincinnati at Buffalo with former Wyoming Cowboys Logan Wilson and Josh Allen squaring off. In the NFC on Saturday, Philadelphia will host the New York Giants. The Eagles have gotten great play for from UW guy Marcus Epps in their secondary. Then on Sunday, it's Dallas at San Francisco. The 49ers have gotten some solid play from former Wyoming Cowboy Tayshawn Gibson in the secondary, and he had an interception last week's win over Seattle. That's it in sports. So I always have to ask, what's Frank doing this weekend? I'm going to go to um, Glenrock tonight and then Lander tomorrow, okay. roads, roads permitting. I, I can't imagine what the problem is. I don't is. think yeah. really all that bad. They did have a problem yesterday with a lot of wind, southeast Wyoming, and even some clo- uh, schools were closed in the uh, Laramie County area just because of snow drifts. Well, yeah, they had a two-hour delay. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. So now I want to make a bit of a road trip this weekend as well down the southern area. It's usually that stretch of highway, you know it well, that's between Cheyenne and let's go up to Wheatland. Yeah. In that, right around the Chugwater area, too. Uh, yeah, that's always... Uh 
Yeah. It, it's something new every day over it, there. It is. Just watch for the drifts. You never know when they're going to come across you know, the road. You know, you know, the white-knuckled stuff. Look at the windsock if it's, yeah. you know. I want to go ahead and make a road, um, so, something that YDOT can put out, where you see some hands on a steering wheel. <laughs> How bad's the driving? How white are the knuckles? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and when it's easy, you can just steer with one finger. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. That, then you can tell. So when it's both hands and white knuckles, you know, don't yeah. go out. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. I'm just trying to help out, uh, put out something there that everybody can understand. Coming up on local business, news, weather, open phones. Wake up, Wyoming. The not- Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Friday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. I am going to bring up for just a moment here. I'm going to play the disclaimer, and please listen to the very end of the disclaimer, as there is a disclaimer to the disclaimer. Right. And the person that's mentioned called last half hour. I want to talk about him for just a minute, but here we go. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So Dave from San Francisco just called, and I agree with what some people said off the app here that we're responding to what Dave said and what Miss Mary just told me uh, and I was explaining to Miss Mary, he's what is called a seminar caller. That was the name given by Rush Limbaugh. Now I don't know if Dave from San Francisco ever went to a seminar, but here's what seminar callers were: liberal activists got together, went around the country, and had meetings with other liberal activists, and helped them to strategize on how to listen to radio shows around the country. Since most every radio show around the country is a conservative talk show, and call into those talk shows. And they usually called in with talking points. So some liberal organization would put out talking points. Here, call radio stations around the country about this, and here's the points you need to make. And of course, talk show hosts around the country quickly realize oh, we're getting all of these calls because it's planned. Now, I don't know if that's what Dave from San Francisco does, but it does seem obvious that he listens around, which is easy with the Internet these days, and calls various radio stations, radio shows, including this radio show, which is based out of Wyoming on several radio stations. So he calls. The reason it says at the very end, there's only one person I hang up on. Now, this last time I did it because I ran out of time. I was actually pushing the clock back for him to let him talk just a little bit longer because I wanted to make a point to him. But a lot of times I have to hang up on him because 
Dave is trying to make a point, but he's such a rude jerk about it, he's never going to be able to convince anybody of anything. If you want to convince people, you cannot be a jerk. The moment you're a jerk, people tune you out. They're not listening. So Dave calls stations and shows like this one all over the country. He's just an obnoxious jerk. And right away, he gets, well, what, what again, I look at the Wake Up Wyoming app here. People are sending me notes. He's turned them off completely, immediately. He started by being insulting. He started the phone call by being insulting and immediately turned everybody off. And so it doesn't matter what his point is after that. Nobody's listening. Nobody listens to a jerk. But all right, there's something else, though, that Dave often does, which I notice happens a lot. Now, some people I can forgive for this. Some people I look at and go, you know, you've decided to live in your own bubble. So when I talk about wind and solar and electric cars and things like this, I refuse to describe them as clean, green, sustainable, affordable, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Because zero emissions, because they're none of those things. In fact, you want to talk about raping the environment. And I've heard that term for quite a few people, that they want to get away from coal, gas, and oil because they don't want to rape the environment. Well, you want to talk about raping the environment, then go take a look at what it takes to create wind and solar and electric vehicles, et cetera, et cetera. What it takes to create that stuff and then what it takes to dispose of it. You want to talk about raping the environment and the creation of toxic waste to create these things and the creation of toxic waste to dispose of these things. And it's outrageously expensive. Without subsidies, they don't exist. Without heavy tax breaks as well, they don't exist. So zero emissions, none of this is zero emissions, especially your electric vehicles. There's no such thing as a zero emissions vehicle. When you find out more about it, you begin to realize, oh, dear God, everything that you've been told about these things is wrong. And Dave doesn't know this because he lives in an echo chamber. Now, there's people who don't know this because they've never, they're only going by what they heard. And what they heard comes from their school teachers, comes from the television commercials they hear and Hollywood, comes from what's on your evening news and your politicians. So you hear the same thing over and over again. And then when you do get out there on this new interweb toy all the kids are raving about, and you try to look up information as to what's really going on, it's difficult to find because Twitter, Facebook, Google, YouTube, Google and YouTube, same company. They try to suppress information that shows you what's really going on. And that has been shown. That's not me putting a tin hat on. It has been shown and proven that they do this, especially after Elon Musk started dumping Twitter files. Now we know exactly what they're doing behind the scenes. So there's people who don't know because they don't get to hear it about all these horrible things that I'm telling you about. But then there's people like Dave who choose to live in an echo chamber and they just don't want to believe and will never research and never look up. They'll never get curious about it. See, for me, I want to know, I don't really trust anybody. I'm sorry. When it comes to information like this, I really don't trust what anybody's telling me. Even if it's somebody who would normally you would consider to be on my side of the argument, 
And it's not necessarily that I call them liars. It's just that I don't trust the information that's out there. Because being somebody who spends every single day looking at what information we are fed, there's a lot of information that's either gotten wrong or just never got to you or was suppressed information or you were just lied to. A lot of that goes on. Got to do a lot of filtering. Be curious and do a lot of filtering if you really want to get down to what is the truth. So Dave from San Francisco has no idea about how toxic it is to mine for rare earth minerals or toxic it is to dispose of things like batteries, battery farms for your wind and solar, batteries for your electric vehicles. It's toxic to create, toxic to dispose of. He has no idea about the horrible mining process. No idea that in between China and Africa, there's not just slave labor, but child slave labor. And I bring up to him, you know, he wants wind turbines all over the country. Hey, Dave, what about the bird kills? Yeah. I, have you read up about the bird? Never, never has even heard of it. Wind turbines kill a lot of birds. A lot of birds. A lot. You want to put up more? And when I mention these things to him, he just assumes that I'm lying to him and he just doesn't want to believe it and doesn't get curious enough to go look at it. Is that true? Go look it up. And when you do go look it up, you can't just sit down and Google it because Google doesn't let you see these things. There are search engines out there that do not filter what you're looking for and will let will answer. If you ask a question, it answers the question. It takes a little bit of work. The difference is, though, are you choosing a side of the argument Or do you want to know what's really going on? There's the difference. To me, that's the big difference between someone who just doesn't know, and then when they're told, they get curious and look into it a little bit, and somebody who has chosen a side and chooses to live in an echo chamber. Dave has chosen to live in an echo chamber. 815, wake up, Wyoming. Travel next the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Hey, 20 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I'll just kind of roll with the whole thing. Or use the Wake Up, Wyoming app if you want. Just go ahead. Top right-hand corner, you'll see these little word bubbles, like in a cartoon. That's the chat option. Touch that, you can send me a text message. So, earlier this morning, for those who missed it, I was talking about the, apparently some people in France want to put a mask over the nose and mouth of a cow. I don't know how they're supposed to eat. And sort of a diaper thingy over their bottoms because of methane emissions. That's actually been suggested. Yeah, I know. Okay, so get a lot of this. I, I, I love it when the uh, people on the left will eat their own because of their own rules and so on. President Biden, also a hypocrisy. That's something that I love watching. Biden orders a bacon burger. Washington Post wets itself. A bacon burger? <gasps> Why isn't he eating? Like all organic... And, and fake meat meat. Why, why not that? The story said when, I, I don't know why it says President-ish, <laughs> Joe Biden, 
stages a surprise burger order as part of a political ploy to boost the economy. See, all sorts of presidents have done this. Uh, it, it was George Bush Sr. We had a bit of an economic problem, a slowdown. And so to help boost the economy, they did this stupid photo op where Bush Sr. went to a mall and he ends up at a shoe store where he bought a pair of socks. I don't know what the hell that was supposed to do, but people thought it was just laughable. So to help show and boost the economy, Biden went out and bought a bacon burger. By gosh. What do you think the carbon footprint was getting there, considering he's got to bring the big SUV, I'm sorry, SUV, the uh, big uh, uh, presidential limo, and all of the SUVs and all of that with the Secret Service to come with him? Just the carbon footprint of getting a bacon burger. So then, in his official capacity as elected officials who can't order lunch without making a, it political, Biden called a new local, local restaurant and ordered a burger with a side of uh, braggadocio is what, uh, yeah. Oh, there's a video. Oh, my Lord, is this? Okay, I got to be very careful about playing this here. Let me make sure I got my hand over the dump button. Oh, this, okay. Hi, Brian, this is Joe Biden. Now, I'd oh, like to Lord. place an order for lunch if I could, okay? I've got great news. 10.4 million people have applied to start a new business. That's more than any time in American history. In this okay, so what they did was they staged this where you have the woman at the shop answering the phone and the camera's on her and the president at the White House ordering a bacon burger. Okay, so he didn't drive down. He did it from the White House. Got it. So um, the story says the lady answering the phone was so caught off guard. Really? There's a camera in her face. She didn't know what was going on. She wasn't expecting a call from the president. I'm kind of thinking she was, but okay. Sensible people on Twitter. Wow, this looks incredibly staged. Yeah. But also, not just staged, why isn't he... The guy drives around. You know that sports car where he has all those hidden um, documents in there? Yeah. Why isn't he have a Tesla in that garage and orders a bacon cheeseburger? Well, why not one of those fake meat burgers? I mean, we're trying to save the planet here, right? Bill from Wheatland. Morning, Bill. Morning, Glenn. Uh, enjoy your program Thank this you. morning. Say, um, there's an old cowboy saying that goes like, uh, don't pee down my back and tell me it's raining. Yeah, right. This is, this is, uh, these people on methane emissions and all this stuff are, as we know, delusional. Right. Um, when they talk about um, domestic cattle and the emission of methane, they never take into consideration the wild ungulates that there are on the face of this earth mm-hmm. that also emit methane every right. day. Yeah. Lots of times. I mean, you talk about the wildebeest populations sure. in Africa or the caribou populations in the Arctic. Yeah. And, I mean, you could go on and on and well, on. In fact, let's also mention it just bubbles up naturally from the gulfs and the oceans and even uh, underground. Just a, I grew up, as you know, sort of near the Everglades. Places like yeah. that have methane bubbling up naturally all the time. Well, Glenn, you, you were in Gillette for a while. Yeah. And 
there were there was one instance uh, in South Gillette there when the, the methane they had to they had to clear some people out of a housing development there yeah. because the methane was coming up in their yard mm-hmm. naturally. Um, I had occasion to ride out west of Gillette with an old rancher that that owns a, a huge ranch out west of Gillette. And he drove up to a windmill one day when I was with him, and the the water was pumping uh, out of the out of the pipe on the windmill. And he pulled his cigarette lighter out and lit the that stream of water. Right. And pure methane coming yeah. up there. Yeah, naturally in, in the water out of, yeah. out of the water well. And and I asked him about it, and he said, well, he said, you know, I'm 80 years old, and he said. It's been doing this ever since I was here, uh-huh. you know, and he was told about it by his grandfather. Sure. So, so these people, you know, these people don't have a clue about no, they what they're talking about. They're talking about now the UN general building a, a village over there in Switzerland or someplace in Davos or someplace for all these people to live in. Well, I suggest that they do that. Yeah. And we'll put a wall and around just, it. <laughs> yeah, and once they're once they're in there, lock them. Sure. There. Can we have yeah. padded walls while we're at it? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, and it, it it's a fact that you can produce more electricity in one coal fired plant mm-hmm. that is adjacent to a coal mine. Right than you can on thousands of acres of wind farms. Much smaller uh, footprint there. And by the way, since they want, uh, these uh, leftists want to take away natural gas, with all the natural methane that you and I just got done talking about, they should just let us, just get out of the way, let us go for as much of that as we possibly can get. Because burning natural gas is also a clean, very efficient way to get energy. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it this morning. I, there, there's all sorts of energy available out there naturally. Oh, by the way, real quick, I'll toss this in. So there was a prediction, a weather prediction made by climate scientists uh, last year that this drought was going to come to an end last year. And it didn't. And all of their models were completely 100% wrong. So the scientists were wrong and all of their models got it completely wrong. It didn't end last year. It's ended. The drought's ending this year. What happened? Well, a volcano erupted. Changed the equation. Volcanoes put an enormous amount of pollution in the air, but also, yeah, it sort of dimmed things down just enough on this planet that help things cool off a bit. So their com- your model and prediction was completely wrong, but that can't be true. These are climate scientists. They don't get everything wrong. No, they never get anything wrong. Dude, no, that can't possibly happen. And yet they were 100% wrong. I have what the president should have ordered over that fake phone call from the White House coming up next. And now Rianne from Fort Danger wants a bacon burger. Me too. Sounds like a great lunch idea. 829, Wake Up Wyoming. is on the air. Sorry, but we had a budget. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Eight thirty-six. of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. 
All right, hold the calls for just a bit. A couple of things I want to get through. First off, since the president did that staged phone call from the White House where he ordered a bacon cheeseburger, right? And my big answer to that was not that it was so much that it was staged. Of course, they're going to stage stuff like that. But why is he ordering a bacon cheeseburger? Thought we were trying to save the planet. Aren't we all supposed to be eating bugs or something like that? Yeah, well, now I just love pointing out the president talks about where those uh, documents were found that were supposed to be secure in the garage with his sports car. Nice looking car, though, don't you think? Why isn't that like a Tesla or something like that? How is he riding around in something that creates so much in the way of CO2 emissions? And did you see the size of that house? That's a big carbon footprint. And that's not the only house he owns that that's, is that big. Well, gee, Mr. President, doesn't sound like you practice what you preach. Here's that ordering a burger or ordering lunch from the White House should have gone more like this. Welcome to Wiggle Burgers. Would you like to see a menu? Sure, but I probably just want a rib burger and some fries. I'm in a hurry and I'm, I'm really hungry. You might like the grasshopper bacon bits or the mealworm arancini. Maybe try some worm salt soup. But wait, what the heck is the mesco worm salad? Oh, those little guys are great. We crushed them fresh this morning. You... Crushed. Have to do it while there's still larvae, or there's that horrible crunching sound. Besides, most people don't like exoskeleton in their mouth. Just what the hell are you saving here? Sir, Wiggle Burgers is a bug restaurant. We serve only organic, sustainable bug and bug larvae. Gotta keep that carbon footprint down. Save the planet, you know? Oh, please tell me they brought Candy Camera back. I don't understand. Yeah, you're, you're probably too young for that television show. It was on back when the person had to get up and go change the channel. <gasps> so you remember when the world was in black and white? Well, most things were black and white back then. I have no idea what the hell is going on now. Look, I'm in a rush. Just give me a bowl of cereal. That should be safe enough. Mealworm puffs okay? Do you want nut milk or freshly squeezed cicada larvae? You don't just have cow's milk. Do That's you? Disgusting. You know, if you keep grossing people out like this, you'll kill everybody's appetite and starve the human race. Guaranteed population control? That sounds perfect. To be honest with me, do you really eat this stuff? Oh, come on now. If you advocate for this stuff, you don't actually have to do it. Oh, but the rest of us better, or else. Damn straight. So, no, Mr. President, you don't have to practice what you preach, apparently. Okay, quick change of topics here. Uh, Medicaid expansion, making its way through the Wyoming legislative body again. Just got out of committee, heading to the floor of the House and Senate. Talk with Dr. John Mansell earlier this week. I'm going to replay this for you. He's from up in Gillette, Wyoming. He's not a fan. Right now, Medicaid expansion is, again, making its way through the Wyoming House and Senate. It's getting through the committees and getting close to being on the floor again. Now, every time this happens, there's various studies, always throw that up in air quotes, that come out that show that it's wonderful what's happened with Medicare expansion or Medicaid expansion in, in surrounding states and that doctors and hospitals are all in favor of it. Well, 
A good idea, then, is just to ask some of these doctors and hospitals what they really think. So, from Gillette, Wyoming, Dr. John Mansell is on the line with me. Morning, John. Hey, good morning, Glenn. Hey, I'd rather talk about the gun-carrying bill, because that would be more fun than (laughs) the one we have to talk about. Well, it would certainly keep you. Right now, people are trying to wake up. And so a Medicaid expansion discussion doesn't exactly do that, but here they come again, John. They're trying to get this passed. Well, you know, the nice thing is if Medicaid expansion was a car, they'd say it gets 1,000 miles to the gallon. Oh, sure. So, I mean, yeah. that's because they claim all the things it does. And um, the problem is is that the evidence points to the contrary. Uh, Medicaid, the, the core problem with Medicaid is that it doesn't pay enough to cover the cost of the care. And most providers in the state, like myself, still see Medicaid patients because we want to take care of people. And we've always considered Medicaid to be a safety net program we support. But when you make it too big, you get to a point where um, you can't cover the cost of taking care of so many people as a fraction of the people you care for. You just can't, you can't cover your own office rent, staff, you got to pay your staff, you then you have to pay malpractice. There are expenses to, to uh, running a clinic and operating in healthcare. And when you get past that tipping point, what has happened across the state is that um, clinics and uh, providers have to start rationing how much they can accept simply because they go in the red if they try uh, to extend that. And the best way to look at that for facilities is to look at the homeless population in big cities. Many of those people have uh, mental illness problems, and the reason that they're on the street in many cases is because Medicaid doesn't pay enough to cover the cost of psychiatric care. There are not enough facilities because it it just doesn't cover the cost of running a psychiatric facility, and that's even mirrored in Wyoming where they're discussing special assessments to support the psychiatric hospital in the state because Medicaid and Medicare don't pay enough to cover the cost of operating our own hospital. So why they think that adding more what we would call negative margin um, health care quote-unquote coverage to fix the problem of access is just mystifying to the average provider. Uh, In Campbell County, where I I sit as a trustee and I poll them to see what do they want me to say when I come to the legislature, it's virtually unanimous people are against it because they don't see it's going to actually help Wyoming. What about those who are trying to put something in the bill like they did the past couple of years that says if the federal government can't keep up its end of the bargain, which they haven't in other states, then Wyoming has an opt-out. We'll be able to walk away. I'm, I'm not going to claim to be a lawyer or a legislator, but from my understanding, um, that has been attempted in other states. And once again, uh, the historical evidence points against that because no state has successfully managed to get out from under the Medicaid expansion obligation yet. So let's take a look at then why they would like those who want to expand it want to expand it. Sounds to me like it's been a huge promise of a massive dump of money. Isn't that just free money to us? Well, no. Um, I don't know if you noticed in the news last week, uh, one uh, congressman in the Republican Party uh, admitted that we might be looking at defaulting on the national debt as early as June, and we're up to over $31 trillion. So there will be a point in time where this free money will stop simply because the feds can change their mind and modify the program. To this point, they've been able to support it because the feds can print money. Uh, Last I checked, Wyoming cannot print money. And so uh, it's not really free money. The other thing to consider is 
for every million dollars that we spend in Medicaid in the state, because Medicaid on average only only pays about 86 cents on the cost dollar, we actually lose $140,000 out of the health care infrastructure. So if they give us, I don't know, 100 or $200 million, then you're looking at the health care infrastructure being shoplifted for $28 million, which is money that we can't use to build new buildings. It's money that we can't use to hire more providers. So when the Medicaid expansion proponents say, oh, we're going to add 19,000 people under the coverage rolls, we can't add clinic space for providers to take care of those people because we don't get enough reimbursement from Medicaid to actually expand to cover those people, which is the other tragic problem is that the people who are on the existing Medicaid, which virtually every provider I know supports because it's a safety net for some people who have been dealt a terrible hand in life, um, they now have to compete with a larger group of people and because we don't have the ability to expand resources to take care of them, it actually makes it worse for the people who are on the existing Medicaid program. 845, Wake Up Wyoming. Sometimes the best way to you, not Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. 848 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino's waiting by. So, uh, Frank, I was doing a little bit of research this morning on something that I decided it is... We're, we're cheating today, Frank. We're cheating. Okay. We, okay. we, we cheat every day. <clears throat> yeah, well, sure. Okay. So, uh, the question I had was, how long would it take to walk across Wyoming? Oh, how long? Yeah. Now, Ask I, the pioneers. Well, there's the thing. I had it talked to several people since I've been in Wyoming. Who've done it for good causes, cancer awareness, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. things like that. But you know, the average would take about uh, two weeks. Okay. You know, that, that's about average. But then I thought, yeah, but they had paved roads. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're just walking the shoulder of Interstate 80, yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah. you know, it's not like you're going through all the mountains you right. know, yeah. as the crow flies. Well, sure. And even for people who did, there's one woman who went from Cody to Cheyenne. And as she walked, of course, she's on, again, paved roads, crossing bridges. Mm -hmm. And then up ahead of her, friends, in an air-conditioned RV with cold water. Okay. So, you know, she can stop and take a break now and then, stuff like that. And so, yeah, that was about, it takes about, you know, 14 days-ish to walk across the state. The average person walks about 20 to 25 miles a day. And then I started taking a look here, and I have a story about this on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. So... Let's go back to the pioneer days where taking a break means you found some fresh water. Pretty much. Yeah, that was it. Um, other than that, for those people who walk, some pulled carts. Yeah. They walked pulling carts. Road? No. What Hit a river. Ruts. Yes, ruts. Trails. Yes, trails. The Oregon Trail. Sure. And when you Texas did. Texas Trail. Sure. Yeah. And then you, you hit a river somewhere. You got to go ahead and even just a creek. And if you, you've been out there enough to know, sometimes there's just big gaps in the landscape, just yes. huge gaps. And you have to go somehow around all of that. So there's a lot of going around stuff, not bridges. So then I would have to go back and ask, well, okay, how long did it take them? to get across Wyoming, not 14 days. I think it no, probably took no, them no, no. an entire month to make the same trip. It, easily, easily. 
Women's college basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cowgirls lost to Mountain West Conference leader UNLV 71-57 in Laramie to drop to 12-6 overall, 5-2 in league play. UNLV put the game away with a 15-0 run in the third quarter. The Cowgirls shot 15% from the field in the second quarter, 25% in the third quarter. They were led by Grace Ellis with 15 points. UNLV is 18-2 overall. The Cowgirls will host San Diego State on Saturday night. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team also at home on Saturday afternoon hosting Colorado State. Pokes season has been slipping away with eight straight losses. They are 5-13 and 13 overall, with CSU coming in at 10-10 and 10 overall, 2-5 and five in Mountain West play. That's a 2 p.m. start from Laramie tomorrow. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. In junior college basketball, the Casper College men and women will be at Northwest of Paul tomorrow. T-Bird men 17-3. The men are 15-4. The LCCC teams out of Cheyenne will be in Riverton tomorrow to meet, Cheyenne, to meet Central Wyoming. The LCCC ladies are 14-4 and, and the men are 9-7. In boys' high school basketball from last night, the top-rated team in 4A Cheyenne East beat Laramie 77-56. Cheyenne Central over Cheyenne South 75-46. And KC Wallaby West 84-239. In girls' play from yesterday, Cheyenne East rated second in 4A, down number three Laramie 59-47. And Central beat South 76-43. Today in boys' and girls' play, Central will be at Laramie. East will be at South. Natrona will be at home to meet Thunder Basin. Kelly Walsh will be on the road in Cody. Glenrock will host Buffalo. And Burns will be at Lusk. High school, high school wrestling, there are two big tournaments today and tomorrow. Laramie and, and Laramie and Cheyenne South will be in the Lander Tournament. Kelly Walsh, Natrona, and Glenrock will be in the Moorcroft Tournament. Tomorrow, the NFL playoffs move along, and Saturday and Sunday... On Saturday, Kansas City will host Jacksonville, former Wyoming Cowboy Chad Muma playing a big role on defense for the Jaguars. On Sunday at Cincinnati at Buffalo, former Wyoming Cowboy uh, players Logan Wilson and Josh Allen scoring off in that one. In the NFC on Saturday, Philadelphia will host the New York Giants. The Eagles have gotten great play from UW guy Marcus Epps in the secondary. Then on Sunday, it's Dallas at San Francisco. The 49ers have had some solid play from former Cowboy to Sean Gibson, who had an interception in last week's win over Seattle. That's it in sports. Now, speaking of walking, people are so lazy today. So I got in the mail, which is I usually pay my bills online, but I got a water bill like physically in the mail. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to pay it. Now, you know, where I can pay that water bill is literally two blocks from here. Okay. Right. Okay. So I walked up the road, paid it, walked back. You should have seen the shocked look on the faces of our co-workers. You walked? It's just right down over there. Two blocks. They, they would have gotten in their car. For that, I don't understand, Frank. It's right there. No, no, you need you need fresh air. You need to stretch. You, you know? need to get up and stretch. And yeah, for those people who keep complaining, I want to lose weight. Just yeah. uh, walk up the road now and then to do something rather than driving two blocks. That would probably be the. Yeah, we got a problem today, Frank. People buy athletic shoes when they go to the store to buy new shoes. Just to walk up and down the aisles. Yeah, that's basically it. For Walmart comfort, basically. That's what yes. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. We'll do some open phones, but Miss Mary has a guest at 9.06, and we'll get back to the open phones portion of the program right after that. Wake up, Wyoming. Let's stop. Thanks for joining me in the studio with me, Gaila L. Greenlee. Did I do that right? 
Gyla J. Gyla J. I don't know why I said the other one. Jay Greenlee <laughs> in the studio, who's a local author, and you live in Casper, Wyoming, but you grew up, you're telling me, around Yoder. Yeah. So, yep. Chet, if you're out there, one of your former neighbors and maybe classmates <laughs> was possibly, <laughs> she's sitting in the studio with me right now, and she has a book called Knock It Off, How to Quit Being a Jerk at Work, which yes. I love that idea. Okay. Part of what we were talking about is there's a lot of drama at workplaces and having been not just the employee at places, but the boss at places mm-hmm. at times, mm-hmm. my thought was, all you have to do is show up and do your job and go home. What's with the drama? What is with the drama? You know, I think a lot of times people have a lot going on. You know, they have a lot of emotional things going on at home, right. and they bring it to work with them. And, okay. uh, you know, I um, was on a hiring committee years ago where uh, one of the questions that we asked uh, a candidate was, you know, now you know what we would expect of you if yeah. you've been, if, if, if you're the successful candidate, what would you expect of us as your coworkers? And she said to listen to my problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, this is not, no, not a counseling this is center. No, this, this is, is a job. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, and what about the other part of just uh, if you got problems, that's okay. Yeah, you got to leave do. it at the door. Yeah. Yeah. That has yeah. to be left at the door so you can focus on what you're doing when you're mm-hmm. at work. I also think that some people tend to communicate in negativity and drama. It's it's just the, it's learned, I think. Yeah. It's where they're living mm-hmm. and what you know, what's what we're feeding into our minds and our hearts comes out through our mouths. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the more we focus on the negative the more negative will be. Okay. So it's a it's a mindset shift as well. You know, start focusing on more positive things, and then you'll start acting more positively. I'll give you an example of that. Uh, years ago, working at a radio station, I, I'm done with my show. I step out back to get a breath of fresh air. Up the hallway was a young lady disc jockey. Mm-hmm. And we're standing out there talking, and the boss comes over and hands us some scripts for commercials. She rolls her eyes. Yeah. I can't believe. Oh my God. Like, this is the most horrible thing ever. And I stopped her and said, wait a second. You fought for this job. Right. You wanted to do this because you get to be a DJ. Uh-huh. And now you get to go into this little booth and have fun creating a commercial, which is something that you wanted to do, which is why you fought for this job. Why are you acting like you're digging coal with a pick underground? <laughs> yeah. That, again, is that negative mindset that people get into mm-hmm. where they can't even appreciate the work they do, even mm-hmm. if it's fun work. And, you know, a lot of what our society feeds at us is, you know, the daily grind. You mm-hmm. know, oh, it's Monday. Oh, thank God it's Friday. You know, and yeah. it's like it's almost not popular to right. love your job. Yeah. And 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 also, who says you have to love your job? Yeah, well, you don't have your <laughs> job. This is what I wrote. We were talking about my book, The Uncomplicated yeah. Life. What I wrote in my book is your job doesn't have to define who you are. Exactly. Oh, you, what, who you are can be after work when you go live mm-hmm. your life. Right. Your job funds your life. Mm-hmm. So do what you got to do and be right. proud of what you do. Yeah. What about if you're someone who's not that much into drama, but you're dealing with a lot of it at work? Then what do you do? Uh, you know, s- Keep your head down, you know, try to stay out of it as much as possible and try to be that positive. You know, if somebody says something negative to you, how can you reframe that in a more positive way like you did, Mm -hmm. you know, with with the the former coworker, you know, and and just don't in, engage in it. You know, it's sometimes it's hard, you know. I mean, like yeah. gossip and and complaining about the boss or complaining about a fellow coworker or something. It can be really easy to get sucked yeah. into that. 
Okay. Um, but if we can try to, you know, I just always try to think about that other person. You know, if they were right here in this room, mm-hmm. would I say these things yeah. to that person that, that we're sitting here talking about right now? And some people are like, oh, yeah, I'd say it right to their face. Well, then maybe you need mm-hmm. to take a look at your own heart <laughs> yeah, as right. to, you know, what yeah. are you trying to stir up? What you know? Well, let's talk about the bosses because I can yeah. think of a couple of different kinds of bosses. One of them, though, and you were that type, cut type, the boss who was running around putting out all the fires all day yes. instead of doing your job. Yes, <laughs> I was that person at, yeah. at one time. And, and actually, uh, I've, I'm getting started on the second book, which will be, hey, boss, it's not them, it's you. Yeah. Okay, that was the next one. The boss sets the tone. Yeah, absolutely. Because I have worked at places where the boss, the reason everybody was in a bad mood was because Mm -hmm. the boss was always in a bad mood. Right. And always getting down on everybody. On the other hand, I've worked in positive places Mm -hmm. where the boss was a true inspiring leader that Mm -hmm. everybody wanted to follow. So if the boss is having a tough time at work, maybe the boss might want to look at himself. Right. And that's... um, one of the things that I do outside of you know writing is um, I do leadership coaching, yeah. and sometimes you know when you're the boss, you don't always have someone else to talk to, because you know it's not appropriate to talk to your staff, and um, you know so somebody else to talk to that um, has been there you know can often help uh, with alleviating some of that negativity in your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even if you have a job mm-hmm. that, and I, I call it this way, you know, tongue in cheek, a soul crushing job, right? which some jobs are, are really tough to mm-hmm. do. I mean, extraordinarily mm-hmm. tough to do. So the idea of just showing up and doing your job and taking pride in your work mm-hmm. and not getting involved in the drama, you can actually have a good day, even mm-hmm. though this is not specifically what you wanted to do for a living. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, looking at what the the bigger benefits are, you know, like like you said earlier, you know, funding what you want to do outside of the job, you know, look at it as a means to an end and, um, you know, and be grateful for what that provides for you instead of just dwelling on the the daily grind. Okay. So people hire you to go speak, I guess, or or to deal with. What what do you do there? Uh, You know, I do a lot of um, speaking on, like, personality type and Mm. adaptive communication, um, uh, appreciation languages in the workplace, all things geared toward having a more healthier you and a healthier work environment. Okay. How do people get a hold of the book? Uh, it is available on Amazon and in ebook uh, in a- anywhere you buy ebooks. It's available. Okay. How do people hire you to show up and deal with their snotty employees? <laughs> I have a, a website, dandelioneleadershipcoaching.com, and uh, there it, all my contact information is there, and even a link to schedule a, a consultation. DandelionLeadership.com. Are you just working in the Wyoming area or do you go beyond? No, there? I go beyond. You'd be on there. Okay. DandelionLeadership.com. So it's anywhere around there, not just Wyoming, because this, mm-hmm. this show leaks way into all sorts of other states, Colorado and places like that. Yeah. The book is Knock It Off How to Quit Being a Jerk at Work. That ought to be a title people can remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you if you Google "knock it off" book, yeah, um, it that's comes enough. Up. Just knock it off book pops up there. Mm-hmm. And you have it uh, real quick separated into. There's charts and graphs. There's cartoons in here. There's so how'd you organize the book? Uh, it's in four parts. Uh, okay. The f- first section's on getting to know yourself, so you can sell yourself better. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the then how to actually get the job, how to write a good cover letter, resume, right. um, how to interview well. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've you've 
the next section is you've got the job now what yeah and how to be a good employee and then finally how to know when it's time to leave and how to do that gracefully okay yeah. thank you for coming in this morning thank you Nine fifteen. wake up wyoming Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Back to open phones. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. You can change the subject. Fine. I'll just go ahead and roll with the whole thing. Get Now, more stories. I started this first thing in the morning. Stories I've been trying to get to all week long. But it's been a really busy week. So, do you use those single-use coffee pods at home? All right. Some people make a pot of coffee, but then they came up with those neat little things where you put a cup of coffee in, basically, enough water for a cup of coffee, and it makes one cup. All right. Those single-use things. Well, I had one. Uh, I was, it was given to me as a little present at home, which I do use occasionally. Because I just want a cup. It's like a Sunday morning, I wanted a cup. And it's just convenient to do. But then they have those little coffee pods. You see them in a lot of hotels, too. They have those little coffee pods. Now, some of those are throwaway. Or you can get the little pod that you can clean out and just add new coffee yourself to. So you don't have to buy those little plastic containers that throw away, right? Here's a new take on that. Those single-serving pods... Well, they're good for the environment. You are saving the planet. Now, remember what I told you a while back. At some point, everything has to be sustainable and green and save the planet in order to build up the credibility for you to buy it, right? It's all virtue signaling. Companies have always virtue signaled. This is uh, recently I was at a mall and I'm walking by a store that has a big poster up. One of the most sustainable stores in America. And I'm looking at what they sell. The short story is uh, <clears throat> there's nothing sustainable about them. They don't do anything sustainable. But they have to say that because they have to virtue signal because they think that's going to make you feel good about them and you'll want to shop there because they're sustainable. Oh, I know some people actually do think that way. Yeah, okay. So now these coffee makers, you want to save the planet? Use this. So this machine... Uh, yeah, the, the story here says, the coffee really isn't all that good. My preferred way of making coffee is a professional espresso machine. Okay, however you want to make coffee. Again, I have one at home. It makes a good cup. While convenient and popular, single-use coffee pods are viewed by many as an environmental nightmare. But despite the piles of discarded capsules this brewing method leaves behind, it might be uh, not be as terrible for the planet as you think. And by the way, again, you can pack your own. You don't have to have a disposable cup full of coffee. You can make your own reusable. 
In some brewing cup uh, of old Joe, old school filter coffee makers can generate roughly one and a half times more emissions, here we go, than using the pod method. See, right away, there's that idea. They have to take a look at, well, what's the CO2 emissions? There again, with the false idea that CO2 is a pollutant. Everything today that you do, well, what's your CO2 emissions for doing that? Why don't you do something that makes it less CO2? Oftentimes, though, they don't tell you the CO2 emissions. I was picking on, I know, again, on electric cars. To create an electric car, it's a massive amount of CO2 emissions. Creating a conventional car is much lower CO2 emissions. It's so bad with electric cars, you would have to drive that car for most of the life of the car to finally make it even with a a conventional internal combustion engine as far as CO2 emissions because, again, you have to use a lot of CO2 to create the electric car. But it goes beyond that. Remember, there's no such thing as a zero emissions car, so charging electric car creates a lot of CO2 emissions. So you have to take a look at what is this. If, if CO2, if you buy into the nonsense that CO2 is a pollutant and we're in a climate crisis because of it, then you need to look at this, the hidden CO2 costs. There's always hidden costs with something, right? The study adds to a growing body of evidence and research that shows assuming packaging does most of the harm to the environment is often misguided. Instead, experts are now saying they've changed their story. It's important to look at a product's entire lifespan from the time it was made to the time it hits the landfill and figure out which changes have the biggest effect on what they call sustainability. In case of brewing coffee at home, the latest study shows it largely boils, no pun intended, down to not wasting water or coffee. Quote, as a consumer... We're left with the visible waste in front of us that often tends to be the packaging, the plastic. Said a professor of sustainable system. Think about that. Her name is Shelley Miller. Her profession, she is a professor, a professor of sustainable systems. That's a job title. So she sees everything as, well, what's sustainable? Well, let's define what sustainable is, and I would guarantee you many things that she thinks is sustainable or sustainable are not. So at the University of Michigan, where she works, School for Environmental for the Environment and Sustainability, again, that's a job title, who is not involved in the analysis, but the impact of packaging in general is much, much smaller than the product itself. In fact, the, the article continues on to talk about don't fixate on the packaging. It's something about packaging. Um, it's been found because a lot of people worry about, well, we use so much packaging. When something is packaged properly, then what's inside it can last longer. In countries, third world countries especially, where they don't do a lot of packaging, everything spoils faster and it has to get thrown away sooner. But good packaging keeps it longer, so we throw less away which is actually better for the environment. So you actually have to, yeah, again, what is sustainability here, right? But now, they, no, they've actually, this is how bad these people have gotten. They've actually gotten their research down to the point of, well, when, when you make a cup of coffee, what are your CO2 emissions? I-80, John, what about the plastic from the pod to the landfill? 
Yeah. Well, that's where I also say you don't have to buy the pods. I have a reusable pod at home. Yeah. So I don't buy new pods. I have reusable pods. But still, you know, every every step of the way, everything you do, you can't even make a stinking cup of coffee today without somebody from a university like this who's got one of the most useless jobs on the planet coming up behind and going, well, is that is that causing CO2 emissions? By making that cup of coffee, are you... Are you killing the planet? Or can't you just go ahead and make a damn cup of coffee? I mean, just enough already. It just It's just way too much. I'm for being clean and not being wasteful. I'm actually not. Be, but, you know, this is just too much. You can't even have a cup of coffee anymore. Coming up on 930, local news coming your way right after local news update on the weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again. Open phones, 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Jude and Casper, I'm not sure. I'll have to ask you what you're talking about. I'll answer you in just a second here off the app. Wake up, Wyoming. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. We got a lot of people from Torrington today. Here's John from Torrington. Morning, John. Good morning, Glenn. Hey, I was listening to your uh, coffee pot analysis yeah. and whatnot and the discussing CO2. You know, if you take CO2 and CaCl, which is calcium chloride, you can make CaCO3. That's calcium carbonate, okay. which can be used for anything from road base. Sure. pharmaceuticals. So that's done. They figured that out like five years ago. Mm-hmm. But we still have CO2 crisis, right? Right. Climate change. Actually, I'm just saying, people figure that stuff out. It's patented. Mm-hmm. It's public. But yet we still have coffee pot issues. I Sure. It's treated like it's CO2 is treated like it's some kind of a pollutant that if it's somewhere around in the atmosphere, we're going to have this big crisis and we're all going to die. The truth of the matter is without CO2 in the air, this is a dead planet. That's right. It's it's part of the basis of photosynthesis. Anyway, just simple science. Okay. Stick with it, Glenn. Thank you, John. Tell the world. Okay, bye. All right. John, let me see. John in Torrington. And we have another one, let me see, which is Thermopolis, Casper, yeah, or Danger. Uh, well, there, oh, Drunk Man was from Alliance, Nebraska. He called in. Dave is in Torrington. That was another one. We're just getting a lot of Torrington action today. So Todd was in Torrington. So hi, guys. Glad you're all out there. So um, one more, because I was saying at the end of that last break there, I can't imagine why we have to worry about having a cup of coffee you're having a cup of coffee. Well, what's your carbon output? What's your carbon footprint for that cup of coffee? And then they came for our cake. 
British top food watchdog recently warned that bringing cake to the office is comparable to subject workers to cigarette, secondhand cigarette smoke. Well, now here's the deal. Uh, a lot of places, so a co-worker has a birthday. Someone brings cake or donuts, which is another kind of cake, right? And well, we're all getting so fat. Professor and chairman of UK Food Strategy Agency. God. Now they're coming for our cake. You're making everybody fat. All right. Judy is about uh, county commissioners and so on. Morning, Judy. Hey, I called yesterday and I talked to three of the commissioners. And I'm sure you saw my video. Oh, yeah. Um, And I apologize to them for cursing in front of them and stuff. And I think I've got it where we're going to get the five-minute rule back in place. Um, I think that uh, they're going to be doing something about some of these board appointments, and uh, they're going to revisit the land use. And they have, uh, one of them asked me if I would go through the new planning book and start marking some of the stuff that needs to go. So, okay, good. I think that yeah. was a much better way to go of approaching them and saying, sorry about that, can we talk? If, you're, if you yeah. do have reasonable people, then you can actually work that out. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm a little hothead anyway. No. The older I get, the more meaner I get. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to just tell you that. You know, Natrona County citizens, you guys need to get a copy of that planning book. I think they're available now down at the planning office. And start going through them and mark it up what bothers you so that when we go in front of them the next time, that you have something to say about a section that, you know, pertains to you or something. But also, let's try to keep it at the five-minute mark because I'm really pushing for that. And if we can have our thoughts, you know, before we get up to the podium and not awe and arm ourselves to death, mm-hmm. uh, you can make it through your five minutes. So just take sure. some notes and note cards and, you know. Is there a way, when they're having their, before they have their official meetings in front of the public, when they're doing it, you know, sitting in a conference room coming up with all of this stuff. Is there a way for the public to get in on that and become part of the discussion? Well, they can sit in on the work sessions, but I think you have to be on their agenda to talk. So if you want to do that, you can get a hold of Michelle and ask that you have kind of a conference with the county commissioners before uh, the meeting at 530. So, yeah, you can get in. It's just when they do their work sessions. You're not really allowed to talk. It's their yeah. work session. Okay. But you can, you can get on their agenda to do it. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that would also be helpful. A lot of this stuff, they're not, not necessarily trying to do it behind closed doors, but that's what ends up happening. And so mm-hmm. nobody knows what's in the book until they actually have the meeting and it's already been decided. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to say thank you to the three commissioners that accepted my apology. Mm-hmm. And the other two, I haven't called you yet, but... I'm still working on trying to figure out uh, just what side of the road you two are running on. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll okay. wait on that one for a minute. All right. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. All right. Have a good week. You I guess too. we'll see you next week. All right. I hope so. All right. Coming up on some local business we have to take your Chet and your Oh, Chet. Um, the lady that I just interviewed uh, grew up in Yoder. She now lives in Casper, Wyoming. So I was telling her about you. Only 12 miles, and I spent 40 years that oh, Okay. 9.42 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. With the Wake Up, Wyoming mobile app, this is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 
48 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Campino is waiting by. Okay, Frank, many, many years ago, my dad was pointing to something on television, and he said, you know, I used to think bumblebees had their acts together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then here's slow-motion video, close-up of the hive of bumblebees trying to come in for a landing. And Oh, my Lord. Successful? <clears throat> no, they just kind of crash in. <laughs> there was no such thing as a bumblebee that just came in and did a light touchdown. They all just came ramming through everybody else. Okay. I thought um, they really had their acts together. I thought they were great flyers. Well, I, I think it's the end result that matters, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, here I come. Okay, here just I am. rolling, tumbling through. Okay. Yeah. I say that because I was just watching this little video here. Now, um... There's a problem in aviation, you know, where a plane can go into what's called a stall spin. And it's where you run, you're not going fast enough for the maneuver you're trying to do. Right. right? And so the plane ends up losing lift. Next thing you know, it's spinning and you're too close to the ground and it's a disaster. And over the past couple of days, I've accidentally come across videos where I've seen birds doing this. Really? One bird is trying to land on the ice with all the other birds. Okay. And as he gets close to the ice, he goes too slow. Next thing you know, he's upside down, <laughs> smacking the ice. <laughs> and I just watched a video here. I'm going to click to go ahead and watch this thing again. There's, uh, It's in Australia. So rather than a bunch of deer or pronghorn on the lawn, it's a bunch of kangaroos on the lawn. Okay. Yeah, out in someone's front yard. And then all of a sudden, a duck comes in. <laughs> And just starts tumbling across the yard. Now, the duck gets up and acts like nothing happened. Oh, that was a crash landing by a duck? Yes. Wow. He, I mean, he had his flaps down, his landing yeah, they, they, gear they, they, out. I even, I'm even i watching this in slow motion. But when he hits the ground, he just starts tumbling all over the damn place. I look at that and think, okay, that's just too much airspeed. Or that's an inertia issue. Yeah, that is. he's just coming in too fast, too sharp of an angle for what he's doing. And when he hit the ground, normally his legs, landing gear, would have just yeah. stopped him. But no, he didn't have enough there. To, and so he ends up just going end over end, which the kangaroos noticed. Yes, they did. Yeah. Did, they, did they kick him? No, they just all stood there watching him like, <laughs> <laughs> great landing, bub. Yeah. yeah. But you, you look at nature and you think, birds have it together. That's what you think. Bumblebees know how to fly. They all got it together. Then you see them making the same stupid mistakes that humans do. Where did they learn that from? You think they learned it from us? I, I believe so, yeah. Okay. So you, I'm you, thinking, I see, I was going for we shouldn't feel as bad because nature makes the same mistakes. Right, yeah. I mean, but I wouldn't, I don't know how they do that because they shouldn't. You they, would they, they fly across oceans. They, yes. And, <clears throat> yeah. And land on power poles. Oh, my Lord. I see them landing and taking off from all sorts of things. I look at, I one time saw a bird. There was a beam up above me on a porch, and there was an ant crawling on that beam upside down. And a little bird flew over and hovered and reached up and grabbed it in its beak. Wow. And um, I was impressed. That way it is impressive. Until I saw that duck do the landing in front of the kangaroos. And, and that's then, not so yeah. impressive. 
Boys High School basketball from last night. The top-rated team in 4A, Cheyenne East beat Laramie 77-56. Cheyenne Central beat Cheyenne South 75-46. And KC, a winner over Midwest 84-39. And girls play from yesterday. Cheyenne East rated second in 4A, down number three at Laramie 59-47. And Central beat South 76-43. Today in boys and girls play, Central will be at Laramie East at South. The Trona will be at home to meet Thunder Basin. Kelly Walsh will be on the road in Cody. Glen Rock will host Buffalo. And Burns will be in Lusk. Women's college basketball. Basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cow- Cowgirls lost to Mountain West Conference leader UNLV 71-57 in Laramie. Two dropped to 12-6 and six overall, 5-2 and two in league play. UNLV put the game away with a 15-0 run in the third quarter. Cowgirls shot just 15% from the field in the second quarter and 25% in the third quarter. They were led by Grace Ellis with 15. UNLV is 18-2 and two overall. The Cowgirls will host San Diego State on Saturday night. The Wyoming Cowboys will host Colorado State on Saturday afternoon. The folks' the season's been slipping away with eight straight losses. They're 5-13 overall, and CSU coming in at 10-10 and 10 overall, 2-5 in Mountain West Conference play. 2 p.m. start tomorrow. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Also in junior college basketball, the Casper College men and women will be at Northwest DePaul tomorrow. Tiber women are rated 23rd in the country. They're 17-3, and, and the men are 15-4. and four. The LCCC teams out of Cheyenne will be in Riverton to meet Central Wyoming tomorrow. The LCCC women are 14-4, and four, and the men are 9-7. and seven. High school wrestling, there are two big tournaments today and tomorrow. Laramie and Cheyenne South will be in the Lander Tournament. Kelly Walsh and the Trona and Glen Rock will be in the Moorcroft Tournament. And tomorrow, the NFL playoffs move along. There's two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. In the AFC on Saturday, Kansas City will host Jacksonville. Former Wyoming Cowboy Chad Muma playing a big role on defense for the Jags. On Sunday, at Cincinnati at Buffalo. Former Wyoming Cowboys Logan Wilson and Josh Allen squaring off in that one. In the NFC on Saturday, Philadelphia will host the New York Giants. The Eagles have gotten great play from UW guys Marcus Epps in the secondary. And on Sunday, it's Dallas at San Francisco, the 49 Niners have gotten some great play from former Cowboy Tashawn Gibson in that secondary. He had an interception in last week's win over Seattle. That's it in sports. Everybody be safe. I really, Speaking of being safe, I recently watched a video. There's a whole bunch of pronghorn running across Wyoming prairie heading toward a road, and they all start to jump the barbed wire fence. Yeah. And they all look so graceful, except for that one, we'll call him Carl, who doesn't make it and just trips and tumbles across and then gets up and acts like nothing happened. Yeah. yeah runs across the road to the next fence, does it again. <laughs> so He's not having a good day. Is he's he? just a klutz. I mean, he's the he's the one in the group that nobody else admits to. He's the straggler. Yeah, exactly. Usually they're way in the back of the pack, yeah. too, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So for all of those who have done that thing where they've slipped and fallen and just felt like an idiot, well, so do so does nature. We've all done it. We've all, now and then, we just hope that nobody's looking. Yeah. But, of course, we always do it when everybody's looking. Of course. Right? Of course. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that national, local update on the weather forecast. Let's wake up, Wyoming.